find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and left behind the baller. Yo, cryptocurrency is taking a shit bath. It's bathing in feces and diarrhea right now. But for real, for real, it is not the end. The end for cryptocurrency is not near. I'm telling y'all, for real, for real, just had to let you guys know, cryptocurrency, it doge, XRP, ADA, ETH, BTC, all taking a fucking shower and shit. That's how I had to start off the motherfucking show. By the way, rest in peace to my friend AJ Johnson, a.k.a. Ezel. What a fucking way to start off this episode of BTB. Yo, yo, what up, y'all? You are tuned in to another brand new episode of the world-famous Behind the Baller podcast. Guys, this show just is going to sound different. It's going to be a whole different type of just format. We are going freestyle Fridays on a motherfucking Monday, guys. This is not the weekend wrap-up. This is the Behind the Baller podcast coming to you every single Monday, 12 p.m. Pacific time. Yo, I am in the Emerald City. I am in the 206. Your boy is in Seattle recording okay i definitely had my starbucks this morning it is very early i am looking out through the skyline i see lake washington i am in a fucking foul mood guys okay but we got a lot of shit to talk about ain't no aka's ain't no nothing okay we are just gonna get right into this motherfucking show guys all right look i got fucking seattle seahawks correspondent Scott Ferranda coming on the show later today to talk about this terrible loss that we had. Fucking bullshit. Ruined my whole motherfucking night. Um, your boy is back. Never left. But I dropped the cause chain for Kid Cudi. You know what I mean? Let motherfuckers know what time it is. I laid the murder game down. Shout out to Killer Cam. And you know what? Not versus Killer Cam. Paid in full Killer Cam. All right? Laid the murder game down. Let motherfuckers know I'm not to be played with. Meanwhile, on the whole other end of the country, you got Gabriel from Raffaello and Co., which Nicki Minaj shouts out in the Plain Jane remake. She goes, Raffaello did the change. Shut the fuck up, bitch. That shit was terrible, first of all. Second of all, bro, you sold little baby a $200 Hong Kong quartz movement paddock and try to say it was a 40th anniversary and little baby don't even know any better and then he thinks you could just get on some paddock list? I mean, there is a list, sort of, but not from paddock. Come on, bro. It don't... See, the thing is, what I love about these major companies like fucking paddock, they've been around since the 1800s. You could have 742 million followers. They don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Put 10 years in the game with Paddock. Put 10 years in the game with PP minimum. Then you might, you might motherfucking get a perpetual calendar. Okay? You might get a GMT type. You might. Okay? I'm saying might. 
you know? You don't know, you're not just gonna be able to just jump and get a fucking, get a Gerald Genta, you know, sick ass fucking paddock. Just don't work out that way. And by the way, just so you guys know, I don't have anything against Nicki Minaj. She's in the news right now because she spread false information about COVID-19. She got called out and because her ego so hurt about it. If you see pictures of Nicki Minaj from 15 years ago, then you see pictures now. It's crazy, right? That's just normal for whatever. And she's a huge star as well. But to spread crazy information about motherfuckers getting swollen testicles and all stuff, and then for people to go investigate it and fact check it, and you come back fugazi, and then say that the White House invited you to come out to the White House, and they even they just said that one scientific or health correspondent from the White House, like one side dude, wanted to talk to you and just give you more information. But you talk about your own home country, which really, I think you were probably born in New York, whatever. The prime minister of fucking Trinidad even said, yo, but you capping, period, okay? So that just goes back to the whole shit. You co-signed fucking Gabriel from from uh, Raffaello and Cohen. By the way, for those who don't know, if you know about 47th Street and New York jewelry and everything, then you know Avion's has been around for a long time. They've been a powerhouse with jewelry. Um, you know, they're related to Jacob the Jeweler, by the way. And you know, Gabriel used to work for Avion left. He's always had problems. Uh, I had some some issues with dude here and there, whatever, but it's just a weird situation that's going on with that. It's a fucking big fucking deal because this dude sold a $400,000 watch and it was the worst fake. I didn't even fucking really look at it that deep. I was just tripping like, yo, there's a dude named Fake Watch Buster. Like, how you gonna take my boy's name? And then the funny thing was, People think that I'm fake watch buster, but I'm not, okay? Dude actually is a real person. He works for a major watch brand, so we can't run that page anymore. He's thinking about coming back. But he was the OG, right? This dude does his due diligence, but this was a really bad fake. If you look at this guy, when he goes on, on the new fake watch buster page, you'll see he says, we think you're wearing, in our opinion, you're wearing a fake bubble, whatever, unless it's blatantly obvious this was blatantly obvious. The bezel was so big. In fact, this was a $200 Hong Kong quartz $20 movement watch. It was really fucking bad. Shame on you, bro. Shame on you, Gabriel from Rafael and Co. Fucking sucks. Uh, rest in peace, Eric from Rafael and Co. Um, is a dude who was running the show over there and he passed away a few years ago. But speaking of Hong Kong, your boy finally made his editorial debut. Your boy is in Vogue magazine, right? Some people fuckers like, oh, it's Hong Kong. Shut the fuck up with that backhanded bullshit. All right, are you in Vogue? No. Your boy is in Vogue, all right? Washed up, wearing Dior, wearing some shit I would never wear, really, truly looking like the Korean Liam Neeson. Your boy is in Vogue. Yes, it's Hong Kong. It don't matter. You want to know why? Because it's Vogue, man. It's a debut of their new man shit, and that's some fucking huge honor. Thank you to Vogue, Hong Kong Vogue, man. I do appreciate that. Man, man, guys, look, I'm in a foul mood. I'm in the motherfucking Emerald City. I told you guys, I'm in Seattle right now, right? And I'm just like, you know, I'm coming off this high. Your boy just came out, shut New York City down with Cuddy. Came out there, dropped the cash chain. You know, TMZ's running stories. Every single blog 
in the fuck on Instagram, social media, on the internet has fucking posted the chain. From the publicity team, they had said there is over 25 million impressions off that chain alone. Okay. I've never, ever, never got reactions like that. When you look at this share button, now we've screenshot to show you. There was 52,000 people shared that fucking thing in their stories or through their DMs. 52,000. Okay. That's the most I by far that I've ever had. This is literally the most insane piece. The crazy part is I am almost finished with the artist proof, which is the cause version, and it is different slightly than the version that we gave Cuddy. So there's some shit out there. And they're going to be in museums and everything. And like I said, I was coming off a super high. And I think God was like, yo, we need to cool Ben off. This motherfucker's tripping. Look, man, my global LG commercial with Travis Kelsey dropped, right, for his little calendar shoot. That shit is all over the place. Go to the LG YouTube page. Check it out. I got lines in that bitch. Great fucking commercial. Got a lot of shit popping right now, you know, but it just hurt. That I come to Seattle, first home game, okay? First home game in almost two years. I go to the fucking game. It feels weird getting out of SeaTac Airport. I can't stop thinking about my cousin Rex. You know, fucks me up. And I spent time with his kids last night. I was with my nephews, with JP and Enzo, and I was with uh, Jenny, his wife, the widow. And we chilled out, you know, went to the Dame Busters, a brand new Dame Buster just opened two weeks ago in Bellevue. Um, really nice, really clean. And I uh, had a great time. Shout out to my boy Popeye. Was in, in you know, at Dave and Busters, just chilling, kicking it. But the whole day yesterday, all I could think about is Rex. Anywhere I go, think about, oh, last time I did this, because everything I do in Seattle is with Rex. Every single time, the hundred times I've been in Seattle in the last 12 years, I've been with Rex. So it just feels fucking weird, right? And to go to the game, you know, we got the season tickets still, you know, and it just felt weird. Now, going to that fuck-ass game, there was such a high moment, you know, um, they just changed the mandates over here with the, you got to have either a vaccination card or a 72-hour negative COVID-19 test to enter the stadium. So that made me feel a lot better, you know, going in the stadium, whatever people are chilling. But, you know, everyone had their masks on and stuff and, and it was just, just the way it is. It feels weird. It feels, it doesn't feel right. And this is coming from someone, you know, who just, but I'm just saying, just again, you have to, right? It is what it is. I'm not changing my mind. I'm not saying that they don't work or anything. I'm just saying it's strange going to a football game, you know, outdoors with the masks on or whatever. But, you know, showing my vaccination card, I look and I get there early because I wanted to go to the pro shop, right? I haven't been to the pro shop in almost two years. And it's like heaven going in there. And the fucking line is just, there's hundreds and hundreds. Of course there is. Holds 70,000 people. There's just crazy line. Um, stadium opens at 11.30. I am there at 11.05 early. I'm excited. I'm trying to get, I thought the stadium opened at 11. Go to the pro shop. I'm one of the first people in. I'm fucking maybe 20th, 25th in line. Go to the pro shop. And there's a line of like 300 people trying to get in. There's not one single away jersey, a white color Seahawks jersey. There's not one single away jersey unless it's fucking Russell Wilson or fucking 12 fan. I don't ever wear a 12 fan jersey. I'm never going to wear a Russell Wilson jersey. Just fucking weird. Okay. So, you know, I'm not going to bug the players. They give them jerseys here and there. Quandre changes numbers. So I don't know. 
I'm going to figure it out. But yeah, that shit had me tight. You know, we're fucking kicking ass. We're leading. We're getting our fucking score on. You know, the fucking stadium is loud. Everyone is going crazy. And in the first quarter, the fucking announcer says, the Seattle Seahawks would like to welcome 12 fan Ben Baller. And I didn't even say to Lumenfield. Welcome Ben Ball to Lumenfield. I was in shock. And then literally two minutes after that, during a timeout, my man Blitz, the Seattle Seahawks mascot, jumped over the fucking the fence, came to my section, and handed me a game ball. It was literally the illest experience in 10 years of going to games. It was crazy. Okay. Handed me the fucking ball and was like, yo, bro. Here you go, man. Finally, nice to link, man. I'm so happy to fucking meet you. Blah, blah, you that. Took a picture, chilled. Everyone's like watching, like, yo, what the fuck? The ball has my name on it. Like, I'm about to fucking put this bitch in a display case. It was lit, you know? That was the highlight of the fucking game. Because right after that, you already fucking know. And my boy, Scott Ferranda, who's going to come on very soon. We're going to talk about this in a little bit. He comes on and tells me, yo, man, that fucking extra point that Myers missed is going to come back and bite us in the ass. And guess what? It did. And you want to hear something else too? We are 52-0 and 0 when leading at halftime. We had that bitch in the bag. 15 points up. Momentum are, you know, on our side. The fucking home field, the 12s, everything. Now we're 52-1 and 1 and that's fucking bullshit. Some fucking, that blemish just bothers the fuck out of me. All right? I'm going to talk more about that fucking game. I'm disgusted. It really ruined my night. The other highlight of the night, though, I will say, is I'm a big fan of Daniel's Steakhouse, but Daniel's was not really accessible to with the mood I was in and everything else, and we're just going to go to go there. So I was like, fuck this. You know what? We're going to hit Ruth Chris Steakhouse. I got a tomahawk fucking uh, ribeye, most expensive fucking steak on the fucking menu, 200 bucks, forget about it. And Ruth Chris Steakhouse is like the Mercedes-Benz of steakhouses. It's like the, the upper echelon BMW of steakhouses, right? It's not Mastro's. It's not Cut. It's not nowhere near SW. It's not Peter Luger's. It's not any of the crazy Japanese Wagyu spots, you know. But it, but it was really, really, really fucking decent tonight. So shout out to the people at Ruth Chris Steakhouse in Seattle. Um, shout out to all the people here that came out to me. I cannot tell you how many amazing fans have came up to me. I didn't hear anybody mention BTB, but all the fans that came up to me, most of them were Filipino. Look, much love to all you guys. I got a lot of real great, wholesome, amazing fans in Seattle in the 206. Came up to me at Dave & Buster's, came up to me on the street, came up to me at Starbucks, came up to me at the game, of course, you know. And um, man, man, you know, it, it just felt fucking great. This week, uh, Starting today, I decided to, sorry, we're pivoting now, right? Just letting you guys know, man, this, this is going to be all over the fucking place, okay? We're pivoting today. My kids go back to school because fuck this, you know? I can't have them at home. I'm trying to protect them. I can't do it two years in a row. May sound selfish. I, I need to figure this shit out. Uh, the kids are going to get the flu shot soon. And then after that, they will be getting a booster shot next month. I'm pretty sure... London and Ryder will definitely be getting it. Kaya, I don't think she's too young. But last week, 
well, this past weekend, we went to Six Flags, played a little hooky because the kids have homeschool, right? And we went to Six Flags and we had a great fucking time. By the way, guys, I think I told you last time we went there for London's birthday, we bought uh, a season pass. It was 20 fucking dollars. So I said, fuck this. This is crazy. $20? $20, you go any fucking day you want. No blackout dates. Parking is free. It is literally, it's, it's almost like stealing. So we go to Six Flags, ride all the rides and everything. I got Kaya some taller shoes. I got her some Skechers with like a little bit of a fucking platform. So she was able to go on all the rides. She freaked out on Ninja. It's the first time I ever seen her get scared. And we had a great time. So look, it's time for fucking back to business for the kids. They're going back to school. There was a little scare on the sports side in the swim team, but nothing going on at school. I feel a little more confident. I feel better about London's immune system. So the kids are back in school. I just thought I'd tell you guys what's going on because look, there's cases, there's all kinds of shit that's going on. Chris Rock just announced that he has it. And then there's idiots that are saying shit like, yo, Chris Rock just said, hey man, you don't want to get COVID. I got it. Go get vaccinated. And people are like, oh, it's fucking, you're great. You know what I'm saying? You know, you should be the poster child for fucking vaccinations. You guys don't fucking realize that 90,000 fucking Americans have got COVID recently, right? And a ton of those people are unvaccinated, right? Then there's 13,000 that are in the ICU, okay? And a high majority of those 13,000 in the ICU are unvaccinated. And then there's a lot of deaths. I forgot what the number was. And guess how many of those people that died of COVID-19 were vaccinated? Almost none, okay? That's the thing, all right? With the Delta variant, with everything that's going on, with all the new shit, who fucking knows, flu season coming up and everything, don't know. Some people say, oh, the flu has disappeared. No, it didn't. Because I got the fucking flu. Other people got the fucking flu. But what Chris Rock was saying is get the vaccine so things could get back to normal. People just don't get it still. They, they just don't get it. Even my boy Cole is just putting out all this bullshit. Like, Cole, stop the cap, bro. Okay? You know what I mean? If anything, you, man, you be on these billionaires' dicks and everything, you, you know, you see. It's like, dog, you don't think I'm a fucking follower? Especially because Cole has so much money. And you know you shouldn't think about money like that. And that's my boy. But he's a big, big, big fan of Eastern medicine. And I get that. But, it, but sometimes this shit is deeper than that, man. Sorry. You know what I mean? Sometimes this shit's not going to come out with fucking just, oh, you know, it'll buff out. No. No. Not with this virus. But I feel confident that, look, we're going in a direction that works. I just, London, he needs to be with his friends. He needs to be in school, learning in school, because it's going to set him up for fucking failure. And the crazy thing is, while I'm out here in Seattle, there's a guy out here that's big in real estate and developing and everything. He's Asian, he's Vietnamese dude, immigrant story, crazy, cracks me up. Vietnamese dudes, especially the way they talk, like, you know, man, what the fuck, man? You know, they just, Vietnamese people talk totally different. It's just fucking hilarious, right? And like, yo, Miles, man, can you pull up that fucking thing where that, you know, the dude and the, the dude saying, man, I had told me I was born in San Jose, man. That The dude we, we used for that little skit, even rap using on his TikTok, you know what I'm talking about? Play a little skit real quick. Just play a little line from there. Go on my other account, I got 250,000 followers on my other account, but it's got banned. This fucking lady comment on my shit say, go back to China. Bitch, I born in fucking 
fucking San Jose, California. I am American, an Asian American. What the fuck do I go to China for, huh? That ain't even my country, bitch. I ain't even Chinese. Why the fuck do I have to go to China? Well, if you tell me to go back, bitch, tell me to go back to fucking California. I'm in Louisiana now, you hear me? Shit. Yeah, man, so this dude, uh, Thatch, Thatch Nguyen, he's a... Uh, He's here in Seattle, he's a big dude, he's, he's a real estate dude. I'm going to meet up with him in uh, about an hour. And he said some shit that fucked me up. He said, don't spoil your kids, don't rob them of their youth, make them work, don't give them this, teach them how to work. And you know what, the thing is, I don't really know, and I'm going to find out, but you know what, the more and more I think about it, it's like, fuck, man. You know, spoiling my kids in a way, if it fucks them up, you know, it's like, and it's my fault, shit, man, then let it be my fucking fault, you know. Because I didn't have shit. And I understand, you know, growing up, you know, I'd rather have been spoiled with fucking love and attention. I wish I was getting hugs and kisses and everything. I was talking to my boy about his upbringing. And he's Korean as well, too. And then he was talking about his wife's upbringing. And, um, you know, they came from a loving household and stuff. His in-laws and stuff. And just, it's totally different from a Korean household. So, you know, I'm going to find out what's really good with this dude, Thatch. And I don't know, you know, he wants to meet up and... um. He's a popular dude, and uh, he's he's really tapped into a lot of shit and makes his videos and stuff, whereas I'm not really tripping unless it's a sponsored ad. I'm not really trying to post like that. But um, while I'm in Seattle, I was like, fuck it. He's from here. He's, uh, you know, let's sit down. But I thought about, you know, raising your kids, you know, the values you 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 have, and, and, and you know, not spoiling them is a good thing. Make him get a job. and But I thought about this, man. Kaya... I'm not really worried about Kaya. That's crazy. I'm worried about guys and certain things like that, whatever. But if Kaya, like, Kaya's going to get taken care of somehow, some way. But if London and Ryder don't make it, I'm going to end up having to take care of them, right? But that's what I'm already doing right now when I'm setting up so, this, so they're, they're good. But really, at the end of the day, I just want them to be happy, man. Because, you know, I mean, I'm happy because I have my family, Right, I'm not happy because I got a Ferrari, because I got a Lamborghini, because I got a McLaren, because I got a Rolls, and because I got a Tesla, got a Porsche, whatever. That doesn't make me happy at all whatsoever, right? And by the way, I am selling my Bearbrick collection, not because I need the money, not because of anything else, but it's just too much to just look at sometimes. Like, yo, it's just less upkeep. I really do want to live a simpler life, and I think about all that, and I just want my kids to understand that I did all that time that took away on trips and working and all that stuff away from them, even though I do spend a lot of time with my kids, the times I don't see them and they wonder where I'm at, I hope they know that it was for them, you know, later on in life. No matter how long I am on this earth, I want them to understand, damn, man, my dad was out there grinding so that, you know, I could eat here, I could do this, I could go to Paris when I'm, you know, in high school, whatever the fuck it may be, you know? But my kids are good kids, they're normal, they don't wear fucking Yeezys or anything crazy shoes and fucking dunks and stuff to school. They are really chill kids, right? So, I don't know, back to school, see what happens, man. But you know what? Uh, we're going to pay some bills right now, getting a couple commercials, and we're going to have Seahawks correspondent Scott Ferranda on the show. Yo, Miles, man, it's about time for that LL, a.k.a. Lakey Lake, a.k.a. Lakey Inspired. And, uh, yeah, let's pay some bills. Shout out to our sponsors, and we'll be right back, guys.
You know, we've all got that oddly specific thing that we're good at. But no one's great at everything. Fiverr connects you with the best-in-class freelancers with experience in hundreds of digital specialties and every skill imaginable to help you with any project. From data wizards that can turn spreadsheets into insights to voice actors that can bring scripts to life and everything in between. I used Fiverr to find a designer for an upcoming website idea I had, and it worked out great. Fiverr's global network of on-demand freelance talent is here to help. Whether you're launching your first business, scaling your current business, or in need of extra support. From graphic design, copywriting, marketing, web programming, film editing, scoring music, and more. Find your talent and begin working on projects within minutes. It's easy. Customize your search by service, deadline, price, seller reviews, and more. No more guessing games, guys. You'll know exactly what you're paying for up front. No negotiating needed. Pricing is always project-based, not hourly. 24-7 customer service. Reach out with questions anytime, anywhere. Find a freelancer with the specific skills you need for your next project. Check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code BALLER. Find all the digital services you need in one place at Fiverr.com. Code BALLER. Again, that's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Code BALLER. Yo, guys, there's big news from my favorite home security company. Simply Safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. That's right. Simply Safe, the system that U.S. News and World Report names best home security system of 2021, just got better. My Simply Safe system has cameras set up all over my property and covers everything. The cameras have an ultra-wide 140-degree field of view so you can keep watch over your entire yard. It has 1080p HD resolution with an 8x zoom. That means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces, license plates to capture critical evidence. Their cameras have built-in spotlight with color night vision so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. I have one set up in my crib and I have one set up on my RV so that when we park, my family is safe. Plus, they have an easy to remove rechargeable battery so it doesn't need an outlet and can go anywhere on your property. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com/baller. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in Interac. Go to simplysafe.com/baller. Yo yo BTB army. And if there's any 12s out there, I actually tell you the truth. I don't know how many 12s follow this podcast, but if you don't, or if you do, I don't give a fuck. That's what happens when you follow this podcast and you are a part of the BTB army. You could be part of your Cowboys nation, the fucking Niners faithful, whatever the fuck you're from. Understand that I don't talk about those teams. I'm going to be talking about 12 shit. And on the show today, right now, we have 
Seahawks correspondent who hasn't chimed in in a very long time because of the pandemic and all this other shit. But we got my boy, my pare, Scott Ferranda. What's up, Scott? What's going on? What's up, 12s? Fucking A, bro. Let's just get straight to it. Let, let's just get straight to let's it, bro. Let's just get straight to it. I'm sure any 12s or anyone, Seahawks fans or anyone who actually watched the game today, there's just a lot of talk from a national perspective and a local perspective. But Okay, look. I don't even want to turn on the TV and hear Stephen A. Smith in the morning. <laughs> exactly. Because they had, everyone had us winning this game. Vegas had us up six or minus right. six. Minus yep. six and a half before kickoff. Yeah. Okay. One. Number two, even though Kendrick is a friend of mine, he says some shit sometimes, you know, whatever, boom, and he's funny. But he said some shit that made a lot of sense. He said the Titans were playing to win at a desperation and they're giving it everything they could. Meanwhile, the Seahawks were playing not to lose. If you tell me right now that doesn't make sense, I, I, don't, I don't know what else does. If you were watching the game, then yeah. But if you're watching it, that makes 100% make sense. Just the way that the game ended and we we're going into overtime, it was almost like we hoped that they were going to go for two at the end instead of kicking the field goal because the momentum had shifted from basically from eight minutes in the fourth quarter all the way down. It was just, it was just like counting down that you're going to lose. And Scott, have we have we talked on the phone about this game yet today? No. Okay. You just said something that I said at the game. In the fourth quarter, right around eight minutes, 40 seconds, I said, you know what, bro? Momentum's gone the complete different way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know where my seats are, right? So I'm in the visitor section, right? And even though it's 68,012 fans and then there's maybe 2,000, you know, Titans fans— Everyone felt that shift. There was no more energy in, in Lumen. It was dead, and the momentum had shifted. When momentum shifted, I said, look, man, what we got to do in that fourth quarter right there, when they got in the red zone with a minute, with two, you know, less than two minutes left, I said, look, that's great. Check this out. We'll accept the field goal. And then I started looking at stats, which I shouldn't have did. You, know, you look on the scoreboard, and you see the fucking jumbotron. It says Seahawks has allowed 500 and some odd yards defense. And I was like, wait a second. Hold on. Rewind. Did that just say the Seahawks? Listen, because I know we didn't have that much total offense. You're saying we allowed 500. How, our our defense, our good defense, on paper, the celebrities, the the all stars, the. I mean, you don't pay Jamal Adams that type of money for us to go 500. I just looked it up now. 562 yards. I can't even remember the last time I've seen that number on a stat sheet for a Seahawks game. And you know what's fucked up? Your boy. Number 89, representing that motherfucking P.I., okay? Representing that motherfucking penis. Representing that Filipino. Baldwin is at the game, dog. I have my jersey on today. And he was, like, going crazy. They showed him going, like, yo, let's go, 12s, boom. And they showed him right at, like, three minutes left to go. All the energy had gone. I started looking at stats 10 minutes before I called you. That's why I said, hold on, hold on. And you know what stat fucked me up? B-Wags. Not just a career high, it's a Seahawks franchise record. 20 tackles. This motherfucker played his entire heart out. He got trucked by uh, Derrick Henry once, twice. He got, and, and that motherfucker still had 20 tackles. And we, we got did like that, bro? I don't even understand. I mean, some other people got to put the energy out there because, you know, one thing that you do point out with 20, 20 tackles, 
Carlos Dunlap, who we signed in the offseason, didn't even show up on the stat sheet. Literally goose-egged it. And that's just... This guy changed his number to a single digit <laughs> and, and couldn't even... No, I'm being serious. You know when you change that single digit, you better throw your swag on, right? And look... It's a mental thing. It definitely is. When you put the headband on in a basketball game, whatever it is, it's a mental thing. For sure. I couldn't agree my more. Boy, my boy Quandre, even though he did, and I want to say this in the wrong way, he did get straight-armed at the end when, when Derek had that crazy 60, 70-yard touchdown. But I'll say this. Quandre had a lot of hits. He tackled. He shoelaced. He hit motherfuckers twice his size. Boom, did his thing. Okay? Mm -hmm. They always say this is a team sport. Okay? It's 11 guys on the field at one given moment. It's a team sport. I'm sorry. This is unfair to say. One single player in our defense caused two TDs blatantly outright. He got burned two blatant times, bro. And if, I, if you don't say his name right now, I'm going to fucking hang up on you. <laughs> I mean, we've been saying this for a couple years. No, no, now. no, 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 no. Today, he got burned two times for two TDs. Say his name right now, fucker. Trey Flowers. My God. Bro, why does he have a job? All I'm saying is, Richard Sherman, just just keep your phone on Tuesday. That's all I'm saying. I just hope we just make a call toward, to Richard Sherman because I already saw the Buccaneers and the Niners are trying to call him. We we should be calling him right now just to let him know, get ready for Tuesday because Trey Flowers just ain't it. Like, Bro, let me ask you a question. In the third quarter, at the end of the third quarter, you saw that P.I. call against D.J. Reed, bro. Be honest. On TV, I can't because you're, the, you're the, there is a difference thing. Our Jumbotron is not the same thing as what, you know, uh, DirecTV, NFL Ticket, CBS, whatever playing it. It's not the same angle. Not one person in our section thought, did you see him celebrate after? He's like, yeah, fool, put his hands out, boom. Then they called the PI. Am I crazy or did, did was it was it PI? So I, it wasn't PI. You mean on, with DJ Reed? With DJ Reed, dog. So I definitely there's definitely no PI from DJ Reed. But the one thing that concerns me the most is the taunting. That new role that they've added in the NFL. Yeah. We got two of those today. We got two of those today. And I don't know what they're trying to show, but these are grown men out here. I, I don't I'm pretty sure any player out there has seen it playing in high school football, college football. You're not gonna throw a fifteen yard penalty when someone's acting out in emotions that could have been just a complete sway in the game honestly it almost was in that eight minutes even though the titans didn't score you could just see it is bro you know, when i don't even yeah bro dk metcalf got two penalties in one play i've never seen that in my entire life in my history <laughs> yo bro i can't imagine somebody getting called for a technical a foul and then also traveling and then uh, person like it was the most. I was like, wait a second, bro. Okay, because they said there's two fouls on the play, and they said holding number fourteen, DK Metcalf. And I was like, okay, cool. What the, what the fuck does it play? And then offensive uh, in uh, pass interference. They, they declined. I was like, what the? I was like, what? I thought, I thought, I, what's going on? Like, what, did they change the NFL playbook? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The new taunting rule kind of throws off the actual essence of the game. I mean, the NFL is a violent game. What are you going to do? You're just going to try and make people just play as robots and not show emotion if you're going to have a big hit on a play? Like, I understand DK's side of things, but you can't take out the energy of the game. I mean, bro, you remember Quandre got um, 
thrown out of the game. What's, what's the fucking ejected? He got ejected from a game last year in the pandemic because he used his helmet to hit, remember? Mm-hmm. It was right. a bullshit call, but they ejected him. Uh, all I'm saying is, okay, bro, let, let's start from the beginning. There's so many things that we can cry about. It's done. There's nothing else. I don't know what to say. Honestly, to tell you the truth, the last time I felt this fucked up, honestly, like I'm going to take it there. 2014, New England Patriots. Like that's how fucked up I felt about this because it made no sense because one, Jason Myers follows me, but then we think about it. All right, let's say you texted me during the middle of the game. Wow, that extra point could really come back and bite us in the ass. You know what? If they had to go for two at the end within that 30 seconds or 28 seconds left and they had to go for two, that's it, what I'm saying. It would have been a huge difference because even with that crazy momentum, with the crazy momentum they had, it still would have been like a fucking, you know, maybe a 65% chance they'd get in. You know what I'm saying? Or less than that. So now we got Jason Myers, we got the Myers missed. And then they're going to be like, oh, well, fuck you. What about the touchdown? I watched that touchdown eight times, 4K, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Julio Jones' foot was fucking touching the fucking border, dude. No, it was. I don't care what anyone said. Okay, so that's that's there. So we got to take away and blame Mr. Flowers because he got blatantly burned straight out. So I just don't know what to say because we were up by 15. You threw the stat out there, which I knew what it was 50, somewhere around there. 52-0 and 0 when leading into halftime are Hawks. I'm, I'm speechless right now. I, I couldn't even believe just the way that the offense was moving and the fact that we held Derrick Henry to 35 yards rushing in the first half. How do you blow that lead? How do you go from 35 yards rushing to 185 yards rushing? How about when Pete Carroll called when we were at fourth and one and he said, let's go for it. I said, I love you. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. And then, then what happens? We get a fucking false fucking start, dude. That all goes back to the coaching. Yeah. I'm that, just that, saying that. the shit that was going on today and everything, just these, it was, bro, it was like, you see these touchdowns we got, you see Lockett. I win my prop bet. He has fucking what, seven receptions or whatever it was. All I needed was five and a half or more, and he did it. Mm-hmm. He played his ass off. B Wags played his ass off. My boy Dixon did his thing. Mm-hmm, uh, you know, definitely. a couple couple players, you know, did their thing. For the most part, I'm sorry, DJ Reed held it down, okay? Jamal, and he maybe might be listening to this right now. I don't know, dog. Just first game in front of the 12s, bro. Like, you know, like I saw intensity, but I didn't see any like, you know. I, I didn't even think about that. That is his first game in front of the actual fans. This is first game for the day. They, they said it. First game versus the 12s. Yeah. So, look, Minnesota lost by a fucking missing a field goal. They missed a field goal. And so, you know what? I I was hoping the Cardinals lost because then at least, but no, nah, they screech away, which we should have screeched away with it. We should have fucking just barely scooted away with this. Look at our, look at our conference, dog. Everyone won. They're all, everyone's 2-0. and all. We're in the last place the NFC West, bro. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's only one game, but the thing is everyone's so good that one game changes everything. So With, we're, the, we're in the best division in football right now. Period. Period. Point 100%. It's not even close. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what do we do, bro? Because, like, think, there's two halves in football. Played the first half. The second half, you know, we, we started out okay, kind of. 
I just don't understand, bro. These motherfuckers had the possession of time. A ball was insane. And again, we played not to lose. They played to win, bro. 100%. And you know what the sad thing is? Our team's still better than theirs are. I, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. And I think the talent's there, but for some reason, the adjustments that we needed for defense from last year still haven't been made. I don't understand. The same things we were complaining about last year on defense is the same things we're complaining about now. It's where's the pass rush and why is, is Ken Norton making crazy calls that were still confuses me now. Bro, Ken Norton defensive calls were they like almost in a way where I feel like we're being sabotaged. I don't know what he's doing over there. Because I can tell you right now, even though Julio didn't score on that play, why would you put a linebacker on Julio Jones of all people? How about I understand we need Jordan Brooks to step up because he's the future or whatever. I just truly feel like in that middle ground, there was no huge breakaway crate. Yeah, Julio Jones, had a, again, that was Trey. But I'm talking about that middle ground is where we got beat up. 11 yards, 7 yards, 10 yards, 12 yards. You know what I mean? That middle ground. And you know, you know who I loved in that middle ground area? Who? KJ. I love KJ in that middle area, you know, in that little seven, 10 yard here and there, bro. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't believe in the idea of just like sacrificing the talent versus the development of a player, because right now we're in a, a win now window. Like the Super Bowl window doesn't just, we're fortunate to have a time where we're in a Super Bowl window and to let KJ Wright just walk away just between the chemistry and him and Bobby Wagner is extremely confusing to me. To spend the time. I know these guys are good, but wait, listen, were, were they not getting along? I don't know the I don't know the inside circle. Were, were they supposedly not getting along? No, no. They Bobby Wagner and those two are getting along. It's just I think it's just the money and maybe just the development of Jordan Brooks. But fuck that, bro. KJ is yeah. too important in that middle ground, dude. I I, I agree. KJ yeah. would intercept the fucking ball, bro. There was not one interception. I couldn't fuck. It just was weird. I was like, we, we don't have an interception. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Bro, we made that Ryan clown ass. Bro, we made him look decent today. And he's he's trash. All right, man, look. First things first. Trey Flowers should not be starting. I forgot. What's the backup's name? I, I don't have the depth chart in front of me. Well, there's DJ Reed. There's uh, Sidney Jones, who we just signed, who should be there. Ugo Amadi. Amadi. Where the fuck was Amadi today? That's a good question. I don't even know. Look at statue. I didn't even see him on there. Why does Russ not pass to fucking DK? I mean, he passed a couple here and there, but like, you know, there was one really overthrown pass. He tried to get it, boom, here and there. It's just like, it just makes me, I don't understand. Like, bro, DK was like, literally, he went from two years ago being the rawest motherfucker in the NFL to being where like, I mean, bro, he doesn't get the ball. Yeah, today's today's stat line from him is a little concerning. And for the fact that you see that he was limping off the field, a little. I didn't. I know DJ yeah. Reed was on the he was on the questionable list. Thank God he played. But going back to Amadi, like I just don't understand how Trey Flowers still has a job in the NFL period. I I don't understand the, the explanation for what he's doing out there either, especially with how strong Pete Carroll comes back as a secondary coach. And I don't see any improvement since the day that Trey Flowers has gotten in the league. The only thing that that's really holding him together is his size. Because everything else, it's just been a liability since day one. Literally liability. Every game. All right, so we got to get rid of Flowers. We, we need to figure out how Ken Norton could be less involved. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, we're going to, that's my claim. This is my huge call. We're going to call Richard Sherman this week. I think they've had enough of it. They've had know, enough. Bro. I don't know, dude. And you know, another thing too is Pete loves to run the ball. Carson was running early on here and there, and it's just like, yo, that's great. That's fantastic. Do you see our wide receivers? Do you understand? When you see four wideouts and we can't even get a fucking six yard, 10 yard, nothing, like the fuck? What kind of weirdo shit against. <sighs> mm-hmm. It was moving too in the first half. I don't understand. Did we just not make adjustments in the second half? Because I don't understand where, where, why we weren't moving the ball as we were in the first half. Yeah, we had that one open touchdown with Freddie Swain. But aside from that, there was no just like chipping down the field. We had four three and outs. Bro, we had the two first touchdowns. We had possession of the ball for a minute and 18 seconds, like a minute and 30 seconds. Like they were literally three plays, boom, touchdown. Then another one, three plays. There's no chipping away at the clock, beating down mm-hmm. their defense, nothing. Meanwhile, our guys are fucking exhausted. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that's where we're missing the run game here. Because if I, I'm just checking, checking the stat line right now, Chris Carson only had 13 carries. He looked decent really early on. And then I was kind of like, yeah. all right, well, enough of this shit. Let's, I don't want to fucking see this guy anymore. Um, hey, you can't run the clock with a total rushing of 18 carries between your whole team. Okay. Just to give you an idea, Derrick Henry ran 35 carries. Look, this is fucking pathetic. Okay, so let, let's do this real quick before I get you off the line because mm-hmm. you are the correspondent. I, I can get you on any time, but I want to talk about this now. Okay, so week three, play against the Vikings. I want you to predict this seriously. I know they're 0-2, all right? I think we get the W. What do you think? Oh, I think I think we're going to, yeah. I think that'll be a sound win. Okay, I don't, I week, four. week four. Week four, we go to the Niners. Win. W. Week five, Rams. I, honestly, bro, I can't even toss a coin. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to say we have to win the yes, game. Yes, we do. Okay, week six, I'll say this. I'm not going to Pittsburgh. I'll say this. I really think this is going to be like one of those games where we play. It's going to be a fucking like, it's going to be a battlefield. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then week seven, we come back home. We face fucking Jameis Winston, Monday night football, New Orleans. And you know, the last time we won Monday night football against the Saints, we won the Super Bowl that year. All right. And Drew Brees was on fire. So I don't even know how to fucking predict that. Week eight on Halloween. If we don't beat the Jaguars on Halloween, I'll smack somebody. Okay. <laughs> the Packers, we need to destroy the Packers. Okay, we need to pay back for the fucking the loss at fucking. Then uh, we're playing at Lambeau, by the way. Okay, the twenty first, we faced the, uh, uh, the week eleven, we faced AZ Cardinals at Lumen. That's going to be something to think about. I think I think we get the W there. Uh, week twelve, Washington football team in no Washington. Ryan. What? Win. I say we win that. There's no Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they have that young quarterback. I don't think we're going to lose that one. I'm going to that game, by the way. Um. Yeah, week 13, got the Niners in our house. We rarely, oh, actually, no, we're talking about, we're, fuck, we, we're like 15 and fucking three against them. Um, I don't know, weird. Week 14, Texans, I think we get that win over there. Yep, and I think, I'll say this, I we're going to split with the Rams. Whether we lose this the first time or we're going to lose the second time, us and the Rams will split. We're going to win one each. 
Yeah, they come back week 15 against us. I'm sorry, we go to them, SoFi Stadium, which I'll take you to the game. Definitely going to roll that game. And then we got the fucking Bears, Chicago Bears day after Christmas. I'm not worried about the Bears. I don't give a fuck about the fucking Bears. Bears trash. Lions trash. Yeah, Lions trash. Cardinals last game. It's always the fucking last game, these motherfuckers. We could be up fucking 42 nothing and they come back in the fucking fourth quarter and score 43 points. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the way we're writing it up, it looks like somewhere between 13 and 4, 12 and 5. That's still playoffs. It's just where we lose the games. I just want to finish strong at, finish strong at the end. If we're going to lose games, I'd rather lose them early, like everyone says. You'd rather catch hot at the end. And you know what? We've always been hot in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We've always, exactly. That's, that's, the, so, that's the hard part right there. All right, man. Well, I don't know what else to say. Um... I'm just fucking disgusted. I'm looking out. Yeah, yo, listen, man. It wasn't that it was already the fucking shittiest loss ever. It took one hour to get out of the stadium because it was so fucking packed, sold out. I had to fucking download the Uber Lime scooter app. And I fucking rode a scooter through the pouring fucking raining cats and dogs took that bitch all the way back to my hotel. It was fucking, it was, it was just, oh man, dude. Anyways, man. Um, hopefully you think Tuesday there's going to be a phone call. That's my claim. I think Tuesday. We got cap space. Yep. We have the cap space to do it. Someone's going to get a call on Tuesday because that just showed a lot of just a lot of problems that we have on defense and if there's money to be spent we should be spending it to fix the problems that we have right now you know what i'm sorry i don't even think in that 35-0 miami fucking dolphins uh buffalo bills game i don't think miami even allowed 500 fucking 62 total offensive yards i honestly don't think so either i don't think anyone let out 562 yards this week jesus christ bro and you know what the fucking Titans allowed fucking 400 something against us. Like it just, what the fuck kind of, what you, you said, uh, man, the shit I'm just, out, if we score 30, we scored 30 points. We scored more this week than we did last week. If you're just scoring 30 points without knowing the other team's score, if we just had a decent defense, we should have been out of there. But we got a good defense. It's the play calling, bro. All right, Scott. I don't know what else to say, man. I, I'm just super disappointed. I think everyone said the same thing. I'm going to all mm-hmm. the Seahawks fan pages. They're all saying the same shit. It doesn't make sense in the second quarter. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? Yep. Our defense looked like fucking Jake Paul and Logan Paul. It was just fucked up, bro. It was just... I don't even know if that thing... That didn't even make any sense. I don't know, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm mad. Anyways, is there anything else you want to say? Just going to say... It's tough, a tough loss, but early in the season. That's the silver lining. We lost... If we're gonna lose, lose early. And to an AFC team. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Not a conference loss. It could be a whole lot worse than what we're feeling right now. All right, man. Well, listen, man. I appreciate your time and everything else. And uh, yeah, I will see you soon, brother. Yep, let's do it. All right, man. Yo, Miles, throw on a commercial real quick. We'll be right back with more BTB. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Or is it preventing you from achieving your goals? Could be your family, life, work. 
on meeting your personal dreams, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash baller. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Here's a special offer for the Behind the Baller listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash baller. So guys, yeah, man. Getting into this recap of the NFL, Captain Picks betting. Uh, week two was a uh, in the NFL was a fucking wild one. We were literally in it to win it on every single game of the week, and then it fell short more than we'd like to. And most of them, it was literally happened in, in the fourth quarter, right? So listen, this is a marathon, not a sprint, but we will bounce back. That Chiefs versus Raven game was absolutely fucking wild, okay? My lock was looking strong, up 11 in the fourth, but then Mahomes threw that pick. Right after that, everything went haywire, okay? We are now 3-1 and one on our locks on Saturday podcasts, but we stand strong in the pocket again. It's just really one of those games and days you want to put everything in the rice, Okay? But we're looking to close it out strong tonight with Monday Night Football. If you guys are looking for positives, we the captains knew the Bills would roll. That the Cowboys would conquer. The Titans would cover. Broncos and Buccaneers would bully. Panthers would pounce and more. But when you're picking games against the spread, you can't fall short by half a point in games like the Rams and Bengals. Just wasn't our best week, man, so far, but we went 6-9 and nine against the spread and had 10 winners on the money line, so the bag was secured by many of our captain's picks crew, but uh, yeah, man, not our best week for sure, you know, still did, you know, had some winners, right, but it was just fucked up, but you know, this is the most fun I've ever had betting on football across the board because the community that we're building is A1. The Discord chat was popping during the games. And the world we have created for you guys is all worth the price of admission alone. To join me, Michael Rapport, and the Dust Brothers, pick up a daily top pick weekly or monthly subscription pass for $75, $150, and $300 at CaptainPicks.com. We keep the pricing low because all we want to do is see you win and break your bookie's bankroll. That's CaptainPicks.com, and I am Captain Baller. I'm thank, I thank God I calmed down a lot 
Because I was in such a fucked up mood about that game. I was going to start calling motherfuckers bitches and fucking cocksuckers and everything. I was going to go crazy. And I said, you know what, man? I'm just going to start. I had notes and everything. I said, man, I'm going to start the show so different today. I'm just going to go right into it. I'm not going to fucking go off a script. I'm not going off this, this, and this. I'm just going off the dome piece. And this that's how I did it today. And it's been a minute since I done went off the dome piece. Because, you know, I just have a lot of set things to say. But I was like, yo, I'm so fucking tired. Like, I haven't had no fucking rest. And, you know, this, after I got back from New York, I had a good 48 hours where I got to chill. Then I got back in this shit. Guess what? Starting tomorrow. Besides the little minor fixings here and there, because I put all the work in the cutty shit, I don't got to worry about the final touches of that thing for a few more weeks for that artist-proof piece I'm talking about. If you guys are lost, right, for the cause joint. But I've just been chilling, and I've been absorbing just, you know, just every bit of information when it comes to parenting. I've been studying more about, you know, being a better husband and a dad. Like, when I say studying, I'm just, just, watching um, documentaries and stuff and just, you know, just paying attention to other people's things, starting to have some conversations with people I haven't talked to in a while about how they are in their relationships and stuff and just absorbing information, you know? And then I get on fucking social media and just goes all out the window because I see this dumbass Brittany Renner bitch again who fucking uh, got fucking, she got pregnant by that dude, PJ Washington, whatever, and, and then fucking basically fucked this dude's life up, got an $18 million contract from this dude pretty much. And she makes a video and says, yo, it's stepdaddy season. Don't let your baby daddy or your baby mommy block your blessings. No, stupid ass bitch. Don't let your mouth block your blessings. You still think you could be on that dumb shit and think you could ride it out on this TikTok generation. Listen, man, I know deep inside you want to hurt yourself. You know, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying, bitch, you, that whole front you got going on, posting pictures at football games, hide your sons, bitch, you whack as fuck. Like, that's the only way my daughter could be written out of a will or written out of anything. Literally, that's where it starts. When you got a whole ass, straight up professional prostitute, amateur prostitute, dumbass bitch, that shit a hundred million percent not even 99.9, 99% is a lot. Could you imagine if someone says, yo, you're going to be 99% successful. You know what? There's a 99% chance you're going to get a million dollars this year. Do you know what kind of odds? Those are great odds. I'm talking about a thousand percent. That bitch got issues at home, has some issues with her dad, some other shit. And I'm just saying, it's evident and it's just just disgusting. Um, It comes out from my shit, from my dad, right? But it doesn't come out on some whole shit or I'm not trying to steal nothing from nobody, I'm not trying to lie to anybody, I'm not trying to steal from anybody, okay? Anyways, you know, I'm in Seattle. A lot of things are out here, right? REI, uh, Microsoft, um, Amazon. Um, one thing that is not out here, but it is out here is, is everyone has an iPhone out here. There's a lot of people definitely on Windows and on Droids and shit, right? Um, you see it at the games and stuff, you know, and it's good to be outside, but the iPhone 13 just came out. Um, I don't think they shipped yet. And I'm kind of like, do I get one? Do I not? What the fuck? So I really kind of like, you know, I really went and listened and watched a YouTube video of the differences between the iPhone 12 Pro Max and the iPhone 13 Pro Max. And there is, you know, the slightly better screen resolution. There's that satellite um, 
connection. So like, let's say for instance, I think it's expensive too, it's, it's whatever, but you know, if you lose service, you don't have good service, you will always be able to message somebody. I guess that's kind of cool. But really when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? When they did the iPhone 10, or I'm sorry, the iPhone 9, they went to like the immediately went to the 11. The 11 was a huge jump, okay? And then the 12 was a pretty big jump as well, probably the biggest. The 13 is kind of like this year's S because there's already the talk of the 14. So the iPhone 14 is like, you know, like going to be the, the bigger update. So I'm kind of like, yo, am I just a sucker? I just, you know, got nothing better to do. Of course I am. So I, I'm probably going to end up fucking getting one. You know what I'm saying? I was actually trying to come into this bit and talk to you guys about not getting one. But I just, I know I'm probably going to end up fucking, because they make it like, oh, it's 20 bucks a month, 30 bucks a month, blah, blah, whatever. I don't fucking know. Are you guys going to get one? Yo, listen, tell me if you're going to get one. By the way, guys, fan questions are coming up soon. So start leaving your fan questions now. For all the new listeners out there, what you do is you go to the Apple Podcast homepage for Behind the Baller, leave a five-star review in question format, all right? And then we'll get those fan questions cracking, and you will be, if your question has not been asked before, you your question will be read live on the air in real time. I don't do that shit where I rehearse it and look at it before I read that bitch off right then and there. Boom, off the dome piece, okay? So go and leave some questions right now. Back to the Apple shit. They finally updated the iPad mini after, fuck, many, many years. So I think I might grab an iPad mini just because that's like my little thing. You know what I'm saying? I love the iPad mini. And, and um, I gave my iPad mini to Ryder and then he fucked it up. So I want to get that new format joint. Now on to entertainment. Let's go on through Twitter as I do every morning. And there's just been a green light. They've greenlit the movie, a legendary movie starring Whitney Houston and fucking Kevin Costner. I love this movie, man. The soundtrack was crazy. The movie was good. They're going to remake The Bodyguard. Stop remaking movies. I have said this so many times on this podcast. Stop remaking movies. Sick and tired of talking about this shit. The worst part about it is Tessa Thompson is going to be, please, listen, if she's going to be like the third female building, like Tessa Thompson is whack as fuck. She's like, I don't even, under, I can't believe she was the girl in Creed. Like that movie was so fucking good and she's so bad that, that that's how good that movie was. That it didn't even matter. But you want to make the bodyguard and have her be Whitney? The fuck out of here. Better have fucking Beyonce in that bitch. Better have Rihanna or somebody. Better have a real bad bitch. And fucking Tessa Thompson. You must be fucking crazy. No thanks. Won't be watching that. I still have not seen a movie in the movie theater since the pandemic started. So it's been, you know, we're, we're coming up on two years pretty soon. We definitely went to go see a lot of movies. You can rent theaters out for cheap and everything else, whatever. But I did realize, I thought Shang-Chi was available on stream. Thought you could do this, that, and the third with it. You could fucking watch it on HBO Max or some shit. I don't know. By the way, for those of you who have HBO Max through your Amazon Prime, that uh, expires like in a week or two. So you're going to have to get your own HBO Max separate subscription. I just had to do that. But I was really excited to watch Shang-Chi. I had some Ben Baller strain. Was ready to get lit. Start searching for the movie. Thank God I searched for the movie first before I smoked because I'd have been really, really fucking upset 
But um, yeah, Shang-Chi is, is not available for stream. So I got to go into theaters. I don't know how I feel about that just yet. So, uh, you know, Simu, apologize, bro. I don't know if I could do it, man. And you know what? It's a trip, man. I don't understand. You know, I don't really fuck with Aquafina like that. You know, we follow each other on social, but like, you know, I know her. She raps here and there, but I don't understand the hate like that. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know. That type of hate is crazy. You know, and you know me, I, you know, I, I, I talk a lot of shit and, you know, I, I don't really, I don't know anything about her music. I don't know shit about, I didn't know that Nora was her real name, Nora from Queens. I didn't know she was from fucking New York. I didn't know shit about her. I thought she was from Canada or some shit, right? But I don't, I don't get the hate. All right. But anyways, back to entertainment. What I did watch is I'm still watching Yellowstone. I had other shit to do because I've been fucking, you know, trying to just relax and kick it, even though that would be a relaxing kick it thing to do. Season two is fucking incredible on Yellowstone. I thought season one was really good. Season two is actually great. Okay. This shit makes you want to fucking almost be a fucking cowboy. Not me, but I could see why motherfuckers want to be cowboys. It's getting fucking great. It's getting really good. It's getting, this shit is some crazy opposite gangster shit. It's just, this is Kevin Costner's swagger back. Um, my wife is watching season three. My brother-in-law, Vince, is watching season three already too. I'm fucked up off this. Like, yo, like I need to catch up. In fact, I would try to do it here, but I'm leaving later today. Um, obviously, like I said, I'm coming back October 7th. I'm gonna be here for a couple nights because I'm trying to get some of the Seahawks on the show. Um, but yeah, my wife is already watching season three on Yellowstone. So definitely, you know, I'm getting back into that. But let's talk about motherfucking Raising Canaan. Yo, episode nine of Raising Canaan was fucking incredible. This show, the only time, look, Ghost had maybe one or two episodes right. And overall, it was, it was decent. Power had, I forgot how many seasons Power had. Power's first season was so fucking good. It was just, it was incredible. Raising Canaan is that level, okay? It is off the fucking hook, right? And the season finale is coming this Sunday, so I'm fucking sad as shit. Hope there's more seasons to come. It's one thing that 50 can do. That is definitely one thing 50 could do. And we're going to get into 50 Cent in a second, but he's got a new show that's coming out, uh, not this weekend, when the fuck is... Actually, yeah, this yeah next next week. Sorry, I think Saturday, uh, BMF debuts, which is uh, obviously Black Mafia Family, you know, um, BMF crew from Detroit, Big Meech, and um, show looks fucking incredible. Show looks really good. I can't wait to watch that too. So I'm excited for that to come on. Thank God that Raising Canaan comes to an end, and then BMF comes to a start. But you know, I was thinking about you know. Big Meech's son, Lil Meech, he's the star of the show. He's one of the stars. And he, he reached out to me and DM me. And I get random people who DM me like fucking Haley Steinfeld and I don't know, like Alexis Texas and other people. Just I don't know. Um what the fuck is that dude's name? There's a big rapper that's in jail for murder. Fucking uh not take care. I forgot the fuck his name is. Anyways, there's rappers that hit me up all the time. And then there's people I'll be like, oh yeah, fuck with this dude here and there. Generally, I'm not trying to, look, I'm never trying to slide in anyone's DM for two things. Never trying to slide into a DM to talk to no bitch, to try to get no pussy, to try to talk to anybody else. That, I don't, that, that's not, look, your boy's gotten, you know, this far in life from being smart. I'm not throwing away over some stupid shit, okay? Number two, I'm not trying to ever slide in anyone's DM to get a chain. 
I am never, ever going to slide in your DMs or a rapper's DMs to try to get business. Understand that I don't give a fuck if you got a relationship with Icebox or anybody else that gets their shit made in Thailand and all the other shit, right? I don't give a fuck about none of that, okay? I don't want to make your chain. Understand that. Please let rappers know. Be my middleman, BTB Army, and let rappers know I do not want to make their chain, okay? It's the last thing I want to do. Sounds fucked up. It's the truth, okay? These jewelers out here, Raffaello, whatever, all these jewelers, they're letting rappers' relationships get too strong, and it starts to dictate what their fucking business is going to be like, and that shit is corny as fuck, okay? Now, I look at shit too, right? I, I didn't make Jake Paul his chains. I didn't make Logan Paul his chains. There's a lot of people I didn't make chains for, right? And to tell you the truth, I don't mind if they're entertaining and stuff here and there with a boom, but there's certain things I just won't do, right? So it's just weird that Elliot, I, I'm not going to call him Eliante, like it's just, what the fuck, bro, what? And again, you know what? Everyone's, everyone has a right to change their marketing and, you know, change their name or whatever and try to make something sound more, you know, exotic. It's not Elliot. It's Eliante, right? Anyways, Elliot went and sued Playboy Cardi. He tried to say that it was a mistake. First of all, bro, you legally filed documents. TMZ is ran by an attorney. They have a massive legal team, right? You went and filed legal documents in a lawsuit stating that Playboy Cardi owed you guys money. Then you go and say there must have been a mistake, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's one of my biggest clients. Like, bro, that could never be me. I would never be me, you know? Keep your business like that off there. If you got to sue somebody, cool, but get your paper, man. Get paid. Don't fucking let motherfuckers take. Look, I get it. You know, the standard is you pay 50% down and then, no, that don't happen with me. All them jobs I told you about that I'm booked until fucking July 2023, guess what? They had to pay the 250 up front, right? They want their money back. I'm, I'm refunding immediately. Trust me. I'm refunding immediately. Okay, so just look, word of advice, if you have to, I would get 60% up front. And then a couple days before completion, I get the rest. You guys got the game backwards, okay? I, I just, again, I could never, all right? And I know Cardi, come on, man, I did it. You don't think that motherfucker wrote my, you think he put my name in his bars for the XXL freestyle and said, Ben Ball, I know Johnny Dank for no reason, like, I don't give a fuck if you got a relationship with him. Cardi, I'm not trying to like, you know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck if you don't get a chain from me or whatever. You know, even though he comes, every time he comes to LA, he's like, yo, I need you to clean my chains. You need to replace some diamonds. This, this, this. I'm like, bro, look, I ain't tripping on none of that shit. But understand this, rappers, I am not trying to be your homie. I'm not trying to fucking make you a chain. I don't give a fuck, all right? Fuck with your music. It's a different story. Now, speaking of rappers, the verses happened this week. And let me tell you something real quick. For those of you who, some people I think, some people on this show do know me, okay? There's obviously a certain perception of, or there's a narrative, and I hate that word, right? I hate that word narrative. I hate that word gaslighting. But there is a narrative out there that I put out there. But if you listen to the podcast, you know I'm a different person on the podcast and I am, you know, you could decipher that there's a slight difference between my persona on Instagram 
my persona on Twitter, and how I am on the podcast. Definitely more relatable to my Twitter than I'm on Instagram because you can't really tell there. It's just, you know, pictures, whatever, talking shit and trolling. But if you know, then you know I am not a fan of Ja Rule, okay? When he was crushing it 20, 22 years ago, and I was playing his records in the nightclubs in real time, I wasn't a big fan of his then. But he had hits, okay? But I gotta say this. Yeah, Fat Joe has recreated himself. He's, he's 52 years old. He's funny. He's been able to stay relevant, which is one of the most difficult things. I've given him his flowers here. I gotta say on that versus, I'm sorry, as painful as it is to admit, Ja Rule bodied Joe. Fat Joe lost that versus. It was fucking embarrassing, you know? But he's a very good talker. He's, you know, he's, again, he, he's funny. But when it comes hits for hits, he, he just didn't win, man. It, was, it, was, it wasn't as bad as, as people think it was way worse than Dipset and fucking and, um, um, Locks. But it was the presentation of how the locks did their thing. And the uh, reason why I'm even talking about this is because it brought up all this versus talk about everything else, right? I'm not going to talk about that fact. I think Joe lost, period. He said he thinks he didn't, whatever, cool. That's his opinion, I'm sure. But when you look at the internet, from young to old, everyone thought he lost, okay? So JD, Jermaine Dupri, a.k.a. JD, he calls out Diddy, right? And Diddy comes on some mogul shit like, nah, bro, you can't see me, dog. Only person that can see me is Dre. Let me tell you something real quick, guys. Okay, being that I'm about Diddy's age, he's a little older than me. Me and JD are the same age. Look, I listen to this music in real time. I'm friends with both these guys. I know exactly what they're capable of. I don't know if Diddy beats JD. And I'm, in fact, I don't even think, I mean, it's going to be real close or convincingly might even go to JD's side. And if it's presented the right way, JD might beat him in that fucking locks dipset way. Okay. Now, JD called him out and did all this other shit and said the shit that, you know, Diddy was saying this, that, and the third. And Diddy sound like he ducking. Diddy don't want it with Dre. Dre could just play NWA songs. And Diddy may not win. And Diddy's like, yo, man, what about when I play one more chance? Okay. Then Dre play fuck the police. And be like, oh, what's well, two different songs? It don't fucking matter. Okay. He's talking about Mary J. Blige, Real Love. He didn't produce that song. He's not on the credits. He's nowhere about. He worked at Uptown back then. Yeah. But you want to talk about Mary J. songs? Okay. Dr. Dre produced a Mary J. song. Like, do you understand when you hear that percolating, when you hear that beat, that could be one of Mary J's top three songs ever. Especially, that's her number one club joint next to Real Love. That shit was banging, okay? You don't want to see Trey. You get to 50, get to G-Unit, get to Eminem, get to Michelle, get to Ice Cube, get to, man, bro, stop that shit, bro. Knock it the fuck off, all right? I don't even think Kanye couldn't say, I, man, I don't know. It's weird. Pharrell would be some shit, you know, but it's just, I don't know, bro. It, it, Dre's on a different level. Just be a whole, whole different level. Before we get out of here, read about this hiker that went to the mountains and almost died. And the only reason why he's alive is because this bartender named Destiny. I didn't even read the story. 
just read about this shit when people are so like, they go and fucking want to climb Mount Everest or, you know, fucking, uh, whatever fucking mountain is it? I forgot what the fuck that shit's called. Stone, where the fuck it is in, in Yosemite or whatever the fuck it is. I get it. You wrote a letter to your daughters, your last words, just in case you die. Like, bro, why you put, what, like, what the fuck is up with you people? That shit don't make no sense. I just don't get it. Okay. But guys, to live and die in LA has ended. It was cap. The season finale part two was cap. I'm about to give you some spoilers, but I'm not going to. If you guys have any good podcast suggestions, murder dog podcasts or anything, please send them to the Ben Baller Pod DMs. All right. So, anyways, guys, that is it for the show. Live and direct from Seattle. Your boy is signing off. Um, I will be back on Saturday with my lock of the week. Yeah, I know. I don't want to hear it, man. That fucking Ravens fucking Chiefs game was so crazy that I decided, I was like, you know what? When Lamar threw that last interception in the, the goal line, I was like, yo, man, this shit is done. I headed to Dan Buster's. Go to Dan Buster's and I see Lamar on the screen. I'm like, why the fuck they interviewing Lamar? Like, why would they interview a loser? Cannot fucking believe I turned the TV off on that. And yeah, whatever. Hey, guess what? We're three and one on locks. We're still good. But yo, we are done. Your boy is signing off. See you back here on Saturday for the bets. And then I'll see you back on Monday. Might have an interview. Might not. Don't know. I love you guys. Make sure you subscribe. It helps us out. I am definitely still thinking about video. Guys, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. All right. Meanwhile, Lakey Lake, take us out of here, fam. 